0: We're right in the middle of a series on the heart journey and just unpacking and laying a foundation for what the heart journey looks like And we're gonna continue that through into this month. But after the response on Sunday night, I just wanna take this week, given we've got five Sundays in April, we've got a bit more time. I wanted to take this week to follow up on that whole area of disappointment because it really did seem to strike a chord Uh, with many of you in ministry time and a number of conversations I've had since Sunday night um, have suggested to me, it'd be really good to follow this up and to make sure that we really take this home deep because it really is a significant issue This issue of disappointment. So, briefly, I just want to say um, a few things about disappointment to help us in the journey of processing disappointment healthily. We did some really good ministry on Sunday night and some really good stuff happened, some good breakthrough happened for people. But I want to make sure that we follow that up um, in a way that keeps that journey going and doesn't just leave it at what happened down the front on Sunday night. So, let me just say um, a few things about disappointment. First, The first thing I want to say about disappointment is this. It is okay to express your heart to God. It's okay to express your heart to God. And that includes your disappointment with Him. Now, for some that may sound a little bit crazy that I would actually talk to God about my disappointment with God. Um, because that would seem you know, in some way sacrilegious, blasphemous, um, but actually not so. There is scriptural precedent for this. Uh, well and truly, if we look at David in the Psalm, Psalm 102, I'm not going to read out the whole Psalm uh, for the sake of time, but I encourage you to get your Bibles out and have a look at Psalm 102. And um, the first 11 verses of Psalm 102 is pretty much, you know what, my life absolutely sucks and God has just thrown me aside. Um, That that is the summary of the first 11 verses uh, of Psalm 102. And then from verse 12, something happens. There's a a shift that takes place. Um, There's a whole new perspective that comes for the rest of that psalm. But the thing I want you to notice about that, and the thing that I really feel in my spirit is that that perspective that happens from verse 12, Onwards wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for, if you like, the emotional vomit of the first 11 verses. And that is the psalmist was completely honest with his heart and poured it all out and then, from verse 12 onwards, came to a brand new perspective, which is the perspective we all want to be left with, but it's not usually the perspective that we start with. So that's Psalm 102. I want to encourage you, have a look at that. Just spend some time in it. There's another Psalm, Psalm 77, um, is quite a bit similar to that. If you look at the first nine verses of Psalm 77, it kind of goes like this. He's rejected me. His love has vanished. His promise has failed. He's forgotten to be merciful. And that's pretty raw, honest stuff. And this is in the Bible, right? God has forgotten me. His promise has failed. And I'm sure there's probably not too many people listening to this or watching this that hasn't felt like that at some point. Like, God, do your promises actually mean anything? Do Do they actually come to anything? You know, have you forgotten to be compassionate? Have you forgotten to be merciful? That's the first nine verses of Psalm 77. But then from verse 10 onwards, we read, I will remember the deeds of the Lord, your miracles from long ago. Again, there's a shift that happens. And I, I would dare say again, if it wasn't for that emotional honesty of the first nine verses, then that shift wouldn't have happened. But in this case, there's a real um indicator of how that shift happened in verse 10, where it says, I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. I'll remember your miracles from long ago. In other words, I'm going to meditate on the things that God has done, even if they're from a long time ago, on the things that God has done, when God has performed miracles, when God has acted, when he has healed, when he has provided for me, when he has broken through. That is a key right there, because often our meditation can be on the negative stuff but sometimes our meditation doesn't get to the point of actually getting it out. So I want to say first, it's okay to express your heart to God. That, that's point one, and that includes your disappointment with, with Him. Point two is, actually, it's not just okay, it's critical that you do express your heart to Him. So just, just to ram this point home, because if we don't do what the psalms did in the first half of those two psalms, in Psalm 102 and Psalm 77, then that stuff festers on the inside of us. It remains unexpressed, but it stays inside of us in such a way that if we don't process it, ultimately confusion sets in. We end up in this overwhelmed, confused place emotionally in our walk with God. And then ultimately when we don't express it, it impacts our ability to connect with Him right across the board. And you start finding yourself, I'm not feeling his presence like I have in the the past. I'm not hearing his voice like I have in the past. And that is because unprocessed negative emotion causes my heart to harden as a self-protection. And if we stay in that state for too long, you, you don't just shut out the bad, you shut out the good as well. I want to suggest that emotional journaling is a really helpful and healthy way to process your heart, in particular to process your disappointment, and that is to get what is in you out of you and down onto paper or onto, you know, onto a screen, to in some way express what is going on. And to do emotional journaling, basically you need to get there with your piece of paper, with your keyboard or whatever it is, and just start writing your emotions, start writing out exactly how you're feeling, naming your emotions, letting them tell the story like you see in those two Psalms that we mentioned before. Get them out there and then once they're all out there, process them once they're out there. Don't try and process them as you're getting them out. When I say don't process them, I'm saying don't judge them. Don't say, well, that's a good feeling and that's a bad feeling. I'm feeling really angry and disappointed with God. That's a bad feeling, I shouldn't feel that. Don't do that. Just get it all out there completely unfiltered and you'll see from the Psalms that God can handle that well and truly. He's very, very unoffendable despite what you may think. Just get it out there. And then once it's all out and you feel like you've got it all out there, then you can sit down with God and process together with Him how that, what that is like and what's healthy and what, what is not. But you're going to stay stuck until you get those feelings that are in you, out of you. And we, we talk about this in the corporate space a lot when we're teaching emotional intelligence is this concept of emotional journaling is so, so helpful um, to, to get in touch with what is really going on inside with you and then to process that healthily. So... It's okay to express your heart to God. And in fact, it's actually critical that you do. It's actually critical that you get what's in you, you those feelings out of you. And that includes your disappointment with God. It includes your disappointment with each other um, and your disappointment of life. So they're the, the two key things around processing your disappointment. But then as we do, I think this is an absolutely critical one as well. And that is ultimately, we have to understand that our perspective is limited. We don't see the whole picture. Um, Job found this out. Um, You know, a lot of us know the story of Job. And um, we get to the back end of the book of Job um, around chapter 38. And Job has spoken and, you know, has poured out his heart. And all of his counselors have poured out their heart and given their pieces of advice and then finally we get to Job chapter 38 and God speaks and um, you can I can kind of imagine the earth shaking a little when he did that if you have a look at Job chapter 38 um, verses 4 through to 7 God says to Job where were you when I laid the earth's foundation tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions surely you know who stretched out a measuring line across it On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstone, while the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy? God's response um, to a lot of Job's moaning was Hey, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when it stretched out? And if you read all through, um, Job, um, 38 through to 42, and again, I'd encourage you get out your Bible, have a look at Job chapter 38 to 42. You see God speaking there and just laying out His wisdom, His counsel, and kind of saying, "Hey, dude, I know you're in pain, but you don't see you see this much out of a picture that's that's this big." When you get to the end of um, of that discourse, and finally Job gets to respond. Job's response after hearing the voice of God and hearing God's perspective, Job's response was, surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. And then it says, and then he repents in sackcloth and ashes. So what I'm saying here is it's really important to understand that even though our experience of the world, our experience of life and our experience of disappointment, it's important that we express that as we process that, it's equally as important to know that we do not see the full picture. We don't see the whole deal. And our wisdom compared to God's wisdom is so, so far different. Um, Isaiah 55, I love this one. where Isaiah says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. This is God speaking. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So again, remember your perspective is limited. There is a big gap between the way that we think what we think is fair and okay, and the way that God thinks. And He sees the beginning from the end. We only see the now and the past. We don't see what God is going to do with it. And sometimes we actually rob ourselves of the future because of our disappointment of the past. Whereas if we can process our disappointment healthfully and then surrender that to the Father and say, Father, have your way, we actually allow him to weave his tapestry into our life. And I'm sure there's many of us that would have testimonies of times where we saw things in a certain way and thought we were pretty hard done by. But then when we looked at the long term, we were deeply, deeply thankful for how things worked out. There's one other verse in scripture which talks about as high as the heavens are above the earth, and that is Psalm 103 verse 11, which says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That's the other high as the heavens. So what I want to suggest is, as well as processing your heart with absolute rawness and no judgment, no filtering completely honestly, remember our perspective is limited. And bring into your perspective the two as high as the heavens things that His thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So as you're interpreting your world and your circumstances, keep those two high as the heavens, that his thoughts are higher and that his love is greater. Interpret your circumstances in the light of those two verses, and you're probably going to end up in a different place to what you have ended up so far and you may end up echoing the words of the psalmist in the back end of those two psalms. So, it's okay to express your heart, number one. Number two, actually, it's not just okay, it's actually critical that you do. Number three, remember that our perspective is limited. And then finally, if after all of that, you're still stuck, call out for help. Call out for some ministry. We've seen some of the most incredible things happen um, as people process their their circumstances with some help in the presence of Jesus and they start to see their circumstances and themselves the way Jesus does. And they start to see how the heart of Jesus is operating in some of our most painful moments and it shifts our perspective incredibly. So there's some four thoughts in terms of dealing with disappointment. I wanna pray for us right now because I, I really do feel like in this season that disappointment has been an idol. It has been a stronghold that's kept many of us back. Um, but I feel like in this season, it is time for breakthrough in that. It's time to no longer consult our disappointment, to know, to know whether we'll do the will of God or not. Um, and it's time to press forward and to become the fullness of who you really are. So Jesus, I want to ask for every person within the sound of my voice, watching the video or listening to the the audio, that those areas of disappointment would be touched by your love and by your grace, that our perspective would be expanded, but that also for the sake of our heart overall, God, that you would show us how to process our heart healthily, how to process our emotions, even our disappointment with you, to process it healthily so that we won't be stuck in it, but we will move through it and come out the other side healed and whole and with a testimony of your goodness. So Father, I ask that you would touch everyone that is hearing this with your love and with your grace and with a spirit of breakthrough that they would be propelled forward into their destiny, propelled forward into being who... They really, really are. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you take a moment just right now just to sit with that or sit with those couple of psalms rather than just go off onto your your normal thing. Just take a moment. Why don't you just sit with this? Let him touch you afresh. And then as you get together in hubs this week, it will be great to, to pray for each other and to pray healing and to pray breakthrough. Bless you.